fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. Hey there, everybody. What's up? This is Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and as always, the hostess with the mostest and the only Holly you need to know. We've said this before. I'll say it again. If you got any other Hollies, cut the fat because my biggest pet peeve is people go, oh my God, your name's Holly. I know someone else. I'm Holly. No, I'm the only one. Okay. Let's just get that straight. If this is your first time joining us, God damn it. Welcome. Welcome to the Fashion Crimes Podcast. We have so much going on. It is incredible. We have so many guests, so many things coming up. My high school reunion, that's going to be an episode coming up. We interviewed Evan Hirsch. Janae Luciani Senna, the bra expert. We listened to her. We interviewed her. Please go back and listen to those episodes. And as always, episode 100 with Melissa Rivers, episode 105 with fashion designer extraordinaire, Nicole Miller. If you don't have the podcast coming straight to your inbox every week, go to fashioncrimespodcast.com, drop your email into the pop-up box, and you will get me in your inbox every single week. Don't know how your day can get any better. However, we have such a BFD with us today. When I started researching her, I was like, damn, I did. I mean, I knew she was important, but I didn't know she was like that fucking important. Right. So here we go. Welcome to the show, Sky Ostriker. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for such a kind introduction. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh my gosh. So Sky, I have your bio, but it sounds like I'm reading it. So I don't want to read it. Tell people who you are and why we need to know you. Yeah. So thank you. So I'm Sky, and just like you, Holly, you only need to know one Sky. So that's it. I don't have anybody else. That's it. But I work in politics. And you know, I met you, Holly, at a fashion week event and from the way that I dress, because I too love fashion, people assume that I'm a stylist or that I work in fashion or that I'm a model or I'm a makeup designer. And when I tell them I work in politics, everyone needs to know more. So I spent most of my career eight years as a government lobbyist and always dressed to impress because that's just the type of gal that I am. And especially as a young woman coming up in this type of industry, when you dress a certain way, people don't take you seriously. We see it across the board with young girls, especially, but now I'm more established in my career. I ran the Mike Bloomberg presidential campaign. I was in charge of Long Island, where I'm from. And now during the pandemic, I started this interview series where I speak with elected officials about who they are instead of how they vote. And just like fashion, it's a way to express your personality. People are looking for transparency in government from our elected leaders. Otherwise, they tune out of the conversation. Everything's super acrimonious and partisan. So what I do is I talk to our leaders about who they are, how they dress, what they do for fun, and sort of get to know them from the inside out. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. 
let's start at the beginning. This is a, a disclaimer. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm very, I don't even know what the word is. I'm very flatlined when it comes to politics. I believe a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I really am not swayed either way. I know what my beliefs are, my morals are, but do I watch the news? Am I a news junkie? No. Do I care about these people and what they're doing and these people and what they're doing and the drama and all that? No, I have removed myself from that because I can't, I'm so emotional. I can't take it. I can't take it. So I choose not to participate or actually follow. I read a couple of emails and I'm, I kind of know what's going on all over here, a little over there. So the fact that I met you is God's way of saying, I need to know what's in the know, right? And I will say you make politics much more interesting because you have such a different view of what do you believe? What do you think is right? What are you going to do about it? What's your plan? It's like, hey, let's get to know you first, right? right? And then let's talk about what you believe. What do you want to do? What's your plan? And, and I respect that. To me, to someone like me, it more digestible to me right. and not as fucking annoying as <laughs> watching this type of news or that type of news and believing these people and listening to these people and standing in the street, especially in New York City, holding a sign, talking about this and that. It just, you know, you feel it's very overwhelming. So someone like you, it makes it digestible. You are a lobbyist. Can you explain to me what does a lobbyist do? Sure, I'll tell you about a lobbyist, but I want to say that the truth is most people, Holly, are just like you. They're somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. and then they end up not voting because it's too confusing. Yes, it is confusing. Fox, you watch Fox, you watch CNN, you get two completely different stories and then Correct. just start Googling and figure out what really is going on takes too much time. So you just turn the TV off and go about your day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the problem. So working as a lobbyist, I know sometimes a lobbyist has a bad connotation, but really a lobbyist is a conduit between private organizations, nonprofit organizations, different industries, real estate, healthcare, whatever it is, transportation, a conduit between those industries and government leaders. I was at a seminar recently and one of our state senators in New York said something like a politician's brain is a mile wide, but only an inch thick on the issues, right? They know a lot about a lot of different things, but only surface level. So a lobbyist brings to the attention of the elected officials specific things happening in different industries. That's how it works. So I got into that. I wasn't even supposed to do that. I was supposed to go to medical school and I wanted a fun internship before I went on to medical school. So I interned at a news station on Long Island and I was assigned to do a story with someone who was running for office. And I contacted him afterwards and he invited me to work on his campaign with him. And then my career went into politics, but I do have my master's in public health and my master's in public policy, but it went into lobbying. Um, And it's just learning about the issues and in learning about the issues, just like learning, just like working on a campaign, you learn the different players and there's a lot of decision makers. And in my mind, the way that we follow celebrities and what they're doing and who they're dating and where they're going, why not idolize our elected officials? They're the ones making choices on the local level, on the state level, on the federal level. They're the ones making these decisions. Why not know more about them. So from lobbying then turned into this communications platform where these are the types of questions I ask. I ask their hobbies. 
because it is more interesting and, and you will get more engaged with them if you learn about who they are, if you have something in common, whether it's something about their family lives, their what they do on the weekends, what their hobbies are, then all of a sudden you find that you have something in common with them. And then you might be more apt to have interest in what it is they're voting on and how they feel about certain things that are happening in our world. Okay. Who says, I think I'm going to go to medical school. Just kidding. I think I'm going to get a master's in public health and private policy. Who does that? I mean, were you like, I'm going to be a heart surgeon and then, or I'm going to be a brain surgeon. And then you're like, "Mm, just kidding. I think that's too boring. I think I'm going to do something else. Well, you know, it's the people you meet along the way that influence your life and your career and and where you live. It's the people you meet along the way. And at the end of the day, I'm a people person. That's what happened. I was in college. The the president of University of Miami was this woman, Donna Shalala, and she was Bill Clinton's secretary of health and human services when he was president. She brought him in as a guest speaker to class. And they told the night, they told the story of the night that Donna was Bill's designated survivor when he gave his State of the Union address, which means she was the one person from the cabinet that stayed behind in case something happened at the Capitol building. And they told that story together. And I was like, wow, forget medical school. I want to do that. So that's why I pursued public health and public policy. And then I had that internship, met the politician, and it went off that way. But it's all because of the people you meet along the way. Everything you say, I'm just continually impressed by the the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So, okay, so now you're a lobbyist. Now what? I worked as a lobbyist for most of my career. Then when Mike Bloomberg decided to run for president, his team called and asked if I would be regional director for long. Okay, regional director. How old are you, 22 at this age? No, this was in 2019. So I was uh, 28. And were you up against other people? Were you like, here's my resume, pick me? Or are you like, mm, let me think about it? Well, you know, I created a little bit of a name for myself doing what I do because I'll be honest, and since this is a fashion crimes podcast, there there aren't many people that look like me. That uh, No, around. no, girl, there is not. not. <laughs> Especially that work in politics. Mm-hmm. You no, know? and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit more about. We're in an age where you really can dress how you want, be who you are. Even these earrings. I did all these Zoom interviews during the pandemic with different candidates running for office. And I wore these earrings every single time. And I did 450 Zoom interviews. Oh, my God. And people started saying, oh, my God, I love your earrings. I love your earrings. I love your earrings. So I tried finding them online. You can't find them. So I found a designer on Etsy and she makes them for me. And I sell them as my signature earrings. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that was one of my questions. I was like, what is it with the earrings? Because you wear those in every single video. And I was like, she either fucking loves those earrings, okay, or maybe she can't wear any other earrings, or maybe I, I just was making up these scenarios. I was like, maybe they're her her good luck earrings. Go, they good become luck. part of the look. Love it. Love it. Right. And it's about establishing your look, right? Is part yes. of your brand. And that's what gets you known in whatever industry you're in. It's about being unique, standing yes. out. Like these are the things you tell kids, right? You, even when you're applying to college, what are you going to write your essay about? You got to be unique. You got to stand out. So these are the things that help you at any stage in life is standing out, being unique, dressing a certain way, acting a certain way and being who you are. 
So let's talk about that. So all uh, you interviewed 5,000 people. Let's just call <laughs> yes. it 5,000 people. Without getting into the logistics of these people dress this way, this, you know, is usually what I see, you know, without naming, you know, names or anything, tell us some problems, some fashion crimes and some problems you've seen with people that you've interviewed, either, like you said, real estate, whatever cause they're in. What is your biggest concern when you get there and you're like, uh, and you look fabulous, right? As always, because you're interested in looking good and you want people to notice you. What what are some problems that you run into? I think when it comes to a lot of our elected officials, right, they're paid by our tax dollars. So maybe some of them are hesitant to dress a certain way because they don't want to look like they have a lot of money to spend on clothing and accessories. But at the same token, we're living in this world where people want transparency from government. They want everyone to be honest. They want people to be true to themselves. Hillary Clinton is like a good example. She has that pantsuit. She became known however many years ago for her pantsuit. And then women started coming into politics and wanting to do the pantsuit and dress conservatively. But then it was with AOC getting elected and and being there at the Capitol building in the White House. We saw stories in the New York Times about how rent the runway bags were showing Mm -hmm. up at the Capitol building, you know, and now she was on the cover of GQ recently. So even she is like one of these progressive figures that may not want to dress a certain way because she wants to appeal to the people, the working people. But yet, you know, she's on the cover of GQ. She's becoming more of who she is. She's being honest. She's looked at as a fashion icon. She wore that dress to the to Met Gala that said tax the rich, you know? And the mayor of New York City is, is bashed all the time for his choice of fashion. Why should he be bashed for his choice of fashion if he wants to dress a certain way? He is the mayor of New York City. He is known around the world, so he should dress the part. The, right? the start of Fashion Week was a party at the gov- at the, the mayor, Gracie Mansion, mm-hmm. or wherever it was. I mean, he was the host of this party, and I was like, "How appropriate is that?" Because that's so iconic, New York, and it's a shame that people who don't, and I like to say they don't understand the value of why people choose to put money into their image and how they look. They think it's superficial. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. They think it's superficial. They think it's not important. They think there's bigger issues. You know, then you're known as too sexy or, you know, or if somebody is single. I remember um, when the mayor of Atlanta was Kasim Reed, he, you know, dressed really well and he was known as single and he got a lot of flack for dating and whatever. I'm like, leave him alone. He is single. I think he's married now, but if he wants to date, it's, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. What is he supposed to be a priest? Like he can't go on a date. And I remember them, you know, people talking about that. And I guess it's just because he's in the public eye and that goes hand in hand with being in the public eye. You've got to get a little bit of scrutiny, but I love the way AOC, Michelle Obama, Dr. Jill, what, what? Love her. I actually had the privilege of meeting her makeup art. One of somebody who does her makeup. Um, I was at a w- wedding in Wilmington, Delaware, and they were like, oh my God, she comes in all the time, da, 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 you know? And, you know, following fashion, it, it's nice when people, to me, put in the effort and right. they're not like Barbara Bush in it. You know what I mean? Where she looks 
so outdated. Right, and- outdated. I know. So it's, it's fun to be able to keep up with the trends. And yeah. yeah, when you're a public figure, you're in the public eye and you open yourself up for scrutiny, especially if you're single and dating <laughs> in that world. But to dress how you want and be who you are is something that everyone's looking for now more than ever. And I would encourage anyone running for office or who's in office to to really be who you are. It's it's creative. And a lot of these public figures, especially our creative minds, I've interviewed so many of them, you would not believe. I'm not the only one that was a chemistry major in college and ended up in politics. There are scientists, business people, astrophysicists that are in elected office, people who study data and technology. So these are all creative minds. I mean, you got to be creative in order to come up with solutions to huge public policy issues that determine our economics here, you know, in the state, in the country. So why not add a little flair? Do you get scrutinized or do you get comments for what you wear sometimes in your videos? So in the beginning of my career, again, when I was a a young gal, I would get scrutinized and questions, or I'd be in big business meetings with other lobbyists and clients and talking about whatever I had, you know, prepared. And then they'd comment, oh, I like your shoes or where'd you get your bag or, you know, and it's kind of like I brush it off because I'm not a feminist in that I'm going to go ballistic that a man's commenting on right, right, yeah. my accessories. But now people know it's like part of my shtick, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's part of the look, but people know that that's me. That's what I think we need more of in, in across any industry is really being true to yourself is creating your look and, and your brand. I get so many emails, messages. How do I do this? How do I try this trend without embarrassing myself? And I think overall, I was going to say women, but it's not. It's men too. think that if they do this they're going to get shit from their friends. Uh If they, if they try something different, if they step out of their fashion comfort zone, that they're going to have to deal with the aftermath of being different. And when you're different, whether it's good or bad, you know, it makes other people feel uncomfortable and people want you to do what makes them feel comfortable. And that's how I coach people on changing and evolving their style is that, You're going to do something different that's going to make people feel uncomfortable, but that's your job is to stick with who you are and stand in your truth, whatever that means for you. I mean, I'm just talking about through style and clothes, right? right. but I just think it's sad that people are so beat the fuck down that they're afraid, literally afraid to step out of their comfort zone. I had an opportunity to style someone who was running for political office and they turned me down and they turned me down because I was not able to keep her in her comfort zone. And she didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Fine. She wanted someone to tell her it was okay to be fucking boring and, and wear these suits from Ann Taylor when I'm like, girl, no, let's evolve. And she wanted to stay in her comfort zone. I've also worked with other people in the state. You know, I live in Atlanta too. In the state of excuse me, in the city of Atlanta, they are so backed up with cases 
that they are hiring these young attorneys to to be associate judges because the judges cannot handle all these cases. Uh-huh. So two of um, my one of my best clients is a, is an attorney in you know the out the suburbs of Atlanta. Anyway, so I'm in with all these young attorneys. And she's like, I just got elected as judge. I was like, okay, what do you know? She's like, what do I wear under my robe? Like she had no clue. She's like, what do I do? And I said, this is how you grow. This is where you live. This is, you know, you're only wearing your robe for a short time. It's what you're wearing the rest of the day that, you know, unless you're in court for 12 hours a day or not. Anyway, so I had a, we had a fun time dressing her and and pushing her a little bit out of her comfort zone without looking like she's trying to be crazy. But because she's young, she understood that she didn't want to be pigeonholed as some, you know, a very boring person that's predictable and vanilla, if you will. Right. And especially now with the youth, young people and with social media, right? It's not like you're just going to one event a week and you're going to be photographed. It's every day, maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. multiple times a day that you got to look the part and post because that's what it's about now as a judge in politics or anywhere. People want to see the updates, what you're wearing, where you're going, where you're shopping. I mean, you've talked to people like John Liu. You've talked to Senator David Carlucci, Senator Gustavo Rivera, you know, Vicky Palladino. I mean, you've talked to so many people like Taylor Darling and Steve Israel. I mean, all of these people, you know, you've done city and states pride power 100 leaders. I mean, there's so many people that you've talked to. Do you have a favorite person that you're like, oh my God, I love her. Vote for her. (laughs) Do you, do you have a favorite politician or someone you've worked with? I really love all of them because when I meet with them, I learn about them and it's like getting to know someone. It's really cool. You can find things to bond with really with anyone, especially when you put politics aside, which is often what I do in this series, because yes, everyone you named is an elected official or former elected official. So maybe they had differences across the aisle, or maybe we wouldn't see eye to eye in a personal capacity about certain things. But when you put that aside and you talk to them, we I've shared a laugh with every single one of those people, you know, and we've had a bonding moment. Did you come to city and state and say, we need to do this and I'm going to be the host? How did your video series come about? So the Mike Bloomberg presidential campaign ended in March, 2020. He dropped out of the race and a week later was COVID. So all of a sudden I was unemployed and locked inside. But all the people in my phone, I have about 18,000 people in my phone. And a lot of them are our elected officials. And that's who was making the decisions during the pandemic. Remember in the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, what what are we doing? What's going on? Inside, outside, mask, you know, and it was all the elected officials that were making those decisions. So I contacted each of them and I said, will you spend 10 minutes with me on Zoom and let's just talk about what's going on? Because the news, it was like Trump, Dr. Uh, Fauci. Yeah, yeah. And like, you couldn't really tell what was happening. So I spent 10 minutes with each of these people. And all of a sudden I had 70 episodes in just two months. Amazing. Instagram. And then everyone was like, wow, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, okay, I have a show. <laughs> So, so then I reached out to local newspaper companies and I said, Hey, like no one's able to leave the house and pick up a copy of your paper. Hire me. These are all the people I know. And I'll bring them to your audience online. 
So I worked with a few different media companies before landing at City and State and just it kept evolving. And so one of my favorites was, I think it was with John Lewin, you were in his airplane. (laughs) So he's a senator. Yeah, he's a New York State senator. He's a New York State senator, Asian-American senator, and he's adorable and so cool and fun and like hip. And he teaches, um, he got his pilot's license and then now he teaches you know, high school students, how to fly and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, hold on. You're so cute. You're like, hold on. Um, what if I throw up? You were really, it was really funny. I really enjoyed um, I got in the airplane. He handed me a vomit bag and I'm like, <laughs> I started getting a little nervous and he goes, no, it's like FAA protocol. Like I need to hand you this vomit bag. And then I started getting a little nervous because I had never been in a propeller plane before. I mean, it is tiny. Yeah, it was tiny and it was hot and it yeah. was funny. And I was just getting a little nauseous. <laughs> I don't blame you. I was just like, I've been in a baby plane like that, but only once. And I saw that. I was like, I know exactly how you feel <laughs> like that is scary. You're on camera. You're like, just kidding. I'm totally fine with this. Um, but you did a great job and he's awesome. I mean, I, him just watching him and some of the, you know, your other people, especially, you know, like Taylor Darling, like I really yeah. enjoyed watching you. And I'm like, I totally want, who was the lady with the beef cattle farm? What was her name? Oh, um, yeah. Jamie Cheney. She was a candidate for Congress. I know she just lost in her primary, but oh. even, her, even meeting a woman who seems cool, normal, smart. Totally. I, she has she, a cattle farm. And she was like, where does she live? She lives in the Hudson Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, um, I'm in, she's got an American flag behind her and she's like, uh, you know, all buttoned up and she's like, okay, so we're in the beef business. And, and I raised my kids here. She's like, oh my God, totally come to my farm, bring your boots. I was like, I would love to go. That sounds amazing. I mean, but again, I, why would I care unless I see her and now right. I, I want to meet her. Right. Cause when you read about their policies online, like they feel this way about abortion and this way about guns and this way about the climate, it's it's like, okay, how does that compare? Like, who are they running against? And what does that person feel? And hold on a second. Who's a Democrat? Who's an independent? You get confused. Yeah. Unless you have like an Excel spreadsheet with everyone on it, which no one's going to make one of those, <laughs> even if they did. Except for you. Very- it's Except for you. It's boring <laughs> to look at an exhaust. No, I know. I know. When and you spend time with them and you hear these stories, right? You mentioned Taylor Darling a couple of times. She's another great one. I saw her again at an event last night. She's absolutely fabulous. Fabulous. She walks in and, and owns the place and she really dresses to the nines. Yeah, all the yeah, time. yeah. Yeah. Who was the lady you were with? So when we saw each other, so we went to the Pat Bow fashion show, me and Nolan, my stylist, my best gay, our lady about town. And he was like, oh my God, let's go to the Pat Bow store. The designers are totally there. We go there. The designers are there. I'm telling you, there was nine people there. Sky rolls in. She's got these um, she's got this headband on her earrings, her ripped up jeans. I looked at Nolan. I went just like this. I said, oh, I got to know about that. I said, because, because you were dressed very differently than most of the women, especially the woman you were with. Tell us about the woman you were with. Yes. Adrian Lesser, who's a good friend of mine here in New York City. She was the press secretary. She still is for Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney. And Carolyn just lost her primary election. But Adrienne grew up here in Manhattan and she's very into fashion herself. And she has encouraged Carolyn to be in different publications. She's gotten Carolyn in over the years. Like Carolyn too had this 
equal rights amendment gown that she wore to the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Adrian's one of those people also working in the, at the intersection of politics and fashion. I saw her standing next to you. <laughs> so yeah, she dresses very conservatively. She is very conservative, but it was just hilarious because I am so nosy, but in a loving way, right? I'm just country and I'm nosy and I'm Southern. So y'all walk in and I was like, okay, first of all, she lives in LA or she's lost. I don't know what she's doing here. And then Adrienne walks in and all I could think of is like, this is my mother's Jewish dream right here yeah. for me to dress like Adrian. She had on a beautiful black pleated skirt with a belt around the waist, a full collar button down white shirt with a gorgeous necklace and like pearl earrings and her hair. She had on like Ferragamo flats or whatever she was wearing and like a Chanel bag. I said, this is my Mar- Marilyn. I call my mother Marilyn. I was like, this is her dream right here for me to yeah. be just like Adrian. And then I saw you. I was like, but this is my dream. I was like, <laughs> to dress like her. I was like, I love her. So anyway, so that's how we met. And so it's interesting that you um, and Adrian have that same view as, hey, you know, pushing people just a little bit more you know, as far as social media and getting people to understand that what you wear does matter and it can be used as a tool to get you ahead, not hold you back. Yeah. But even like that day when we came to the Pat Bow event, we had come from another fashion event for fashion week. And the way that I got tickets to that event was through the lobbyist for fashion week. Oh, you know, one of the things that I've done to help people get to know their elected leaders as part of my, so my series is called Political Personalities with Sky. This is not a backdrop. This is actually my New York City apartment. And there's actually a four foot by four foot poster <laughs> of my logo on the wall. <laughs> so that's my show, Political Personalities with Sky. But part of what we're talking about, right? Getting to know elected officials outside of their comfort zone, outside of the legislative rooms is, um, getting to do community events. So one of the things I organized in the spring of this year was a basketball event. We called it Political Madness, and it was a basketball tournament. We city and state partnered with the Northeast Bronx YMCA, which is one of their newest locations in the Bronx. We had 16 elected officials that came to play basketball. We had a bunch of lobbyists and community leaders that came out also. We were able to make a couple of different teams. This caught the attention of the New York Knicks, and they sent one of their alums, Charles Smith, to come oversee the game and make some comments. I got a bunch of news cameras there. We had some articles written up. But one of the cool things that Charles Smith said when he showed up, he was like, wow, all these people are elected officials. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I could tell a lot by their personalities based on how they play basketball. He goes, you can tell who's a leader. You can tell who has this aggressive personality. And he said that he sees it with kids too. When kids get together and play basketball, you can tell about their personalities on the court and how it reflects in real life. So that's like a great example of of something that we did, this, this political madness basketball tournament. And I hope to do more things like that, like Fashion Week, September, 2023. I would like to do a fashion show featuring our elected officials. They are the models on the runway and they choose designers from their district and model their fashions. That way it's elevating local brands, local designers, and our local leaders. Sponsored by the Fashion Crimes Podcast, P.S., 
That is going to be so, Jonathan keeps telling me, my husband, that I'm not allowed to yell in the microphone because I'm so loud anyway. This is going to be so epic. I can't wait. First of all, anybody who knows me knows there's nothing I hate more than organized sports and politics. But when <laughs> she talked about that basketball game, I was like, that sounds amazing. And she's like, oh, girl, if you think that's good, I'm going to do a fashion show. Da, 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 da. I was like, Right. And then in the very beginning of this conversation, what did you tell everyone that you're like not really into politics? Yeah, I just know. But when we're talking about making politics fun, making it engaging, me going yes. airplane with a senator, organizing a basketball tournament with elected officials. Now we're going to do a fashion show in 2023. These are ways to get people to care. All of a sudden you're like, wow, she's beautiful or wow, he's amazing or they have a great personality. I want to know more about this person. Duh, that's how we do it. I mean, like my heart is like bursting right now. I mean, that is really divine intervention when you're out there doing the work, you're meeting people, you're like, and I, I mean, I'm again, because I'm a Yenta and I'm like, oh my God, you need to meet her. Y'all are going to be best friends. I love doing best friend connections. I've done a couple of, I have created one marriage, let's be honest, yeah. but I love making friend connections where you're like, oh my God, you just should meet my friend, her, you know, whatever. You're like, y'all are going to be besties. So I love that the universe put you in my path because now we're best friends. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I could talk to you for so long. There's so much more I want to ask you, but I can't. What can we expect from you? What is next? You're going to continue on your video series. Then what? World domination? What? Well, in November, a lot of New York elected officials go down to Puerto Rico for a big fundraiser. And as everyone knows, there was just that hurricane just Oh, Yeah. Now. So there's a lot of money, resources, and brains and talent that need to be on the ground in Puerto Rico. So it's happening November 9th through 13th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So I will be there doing videos, interviews, same thing, getting to know these people, seeing how they give back to the community in another way that's outside of politics. This is through a nonprofit organization called SOMOS. And beyond that, we'll plan for 2023. There's a bunch of things I want to do. My Instagram is the political personality. That's where I post a lot of my videos and through the city and state website, but it's only going to keep growing from here because I believe as a millennial, I believe that this is the way to save our democracy by getting other people engaged with what's happening on the ground in order to build for a better, brighter, more successful future. Damn it, Sky for president. (laughs) Sky for president. I don't know what to say other than I'm not a millennial. So I, you know, work sort of that forgotten generation where the internet wasn't, it was just starting, but nobody really did it. And it was too expensive to have a computer. And, you know, you had to go to the library to use a computer. So some of this we've adapted well to it, I'd like to say, but we're not super hardcore because my people my age they have kids they have busy lives they have you know second careers a lot of them are divorced and dating again so we're at with you and I at different phases in our life and I think I can speak you know for the fashion crimes podcast because we are fashion over 40 way over 40 but we still want to be relevant and I fight every day for women and men too, to stand up for themselves with their image and use it like to get themselves noticed, to get that next job that you want, to get 
the respect that you deserve to, to get out of your career, you know, and maybe try something different, do something different. And I think our goals are really aligned and you're just doing it on a different wavelength that a lot of people can relate to that I can certainly interested in learning about because I see them not as such a hierarchy, but as a normal person. And I think that's to me was what is most intimidating about politics is that I immediately feel less than and intimidated. But you're saying it doesn't have to be that way. Exactly. It's humanizing them. That's what people like. People want to feel that they can relate to someone. That's what makes for a good conversation with a stranger or even going on a date with someone new. You want to feel that you have something in common that you can relate to someone. And then it takes away that intimidation factor. And the same is said with our elected officials. When we get to know them for who they are, it makes it easier. Okay. I want to be on the list for all the events. I want to go to the stuff with you. I want to get to know people. I want to help people. I want to style people. So we're going to hook up with that. We got your Instagram. How do we find your video series? So it's on the city and state website and there's a button that says political personalities with sky. Y'all it is great. And it's not like drawn out. It's like quick videos, you know, three minutes, three minutes, sometimes a little bit longer getting to know people, what they're doing, what their hobbies are, what their kids are like, what they eat for breakfast, where they like to exercise, where they vacation. And like you said, it's humanizing people in politics, especially in New York city where it's It's so important. It's important everywhere, but it's very important and very magnified here. I mean, it's on every corner where you turn. Either somebody's giving you a flyer or there's a sign or there's a protest. Like it's in your face here a lot more than the South, especially. Right. I cannot thank you enough for your time, for your work and what you do, your community service, even though some of it you get paid, some of it you don't. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so excited about our new friendship. And my bestie from high school is like, oh, watch out. Don't give her, Holly, your phone number because, you know, I'll be calling you. But anyway, but I'm excited to hang out and do fun stuff with you and work with you. So thank you so very much. Any last closing comments? Follow and be engaged. Follow the Fashion Crimes Podcast. Look forward to our fashion show in 2023 and follow me, the political personality. And really, it's a fun way to get to know what's going on. And that's what life is. It's meeting new people, engaging, feeling happy, free, feeling yourself. Loving that. What a beacon of light you are, Sky. What a beacon of light and how exciting it is to meet you. I am so grateful. Please follow her, the political personality. Find her on City and State. Find her video series. I will post all of this in the show notes, all of her. She's got a very complicated last name, Ostriker, but we're going to put the correct spelling in there. We're going to put her handle, her email, all of her information so you can follow her and engage with her too. We love female entrepreneurs here. We love that. And we love supporting small brands and small businesses. So thank you again for your time and being an insider bestie on the Fashion Crimes Podcast. My name is Holly Cates, the hostess with the mostest, your favorite personal stylist. And as always, the only Holly you need to know. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast and we are out. 